talking about the will of the Father this morning. Talking about the will of the Father. So Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, it says, While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one of them, uh, one said unto him, Behold, your mother and your brothers stand without desiring to speak with you. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother, my sister, and my mother. So, you know, we look at that like, you know, a lot of people say God's will. What is God's will? Who's doing God's will? And um, it's amazing that he says that about his own mom, about his brothers and stuff. He didn't point his hand at them. That's crazy, ain't it? You know, how you can spend so much time with somebody, 30-some-odd years, but they don't point their hand at you. He was pointing his hand at his disciples, and he said, Behold my mother, my brother, and my sister. We all uh, take some time for the Word of God to really soak into our hearts and really for us to get a good understanding of it. It takes time. You know that? We know the scriptures that tell us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you could prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And as you're going through life and y'all, our lives are going to be up and down and it's like a roller coaster. We're going all types of ways and we feel as though, man, that seatbelt is going to come unhinged and we're going to come flying off. That's how it feels in your life sometimes. Sometimes your life is out of control. And I was sitting there meditating on, let's go to Genesis chapter 45. We were talking last week and we talked a little bit about Joseph. Talked a little bit about Joseph and we're talking about the will of the father. The will of the father. So we look at Genesis chapter 45 and... This is one of the closing chapters in the life of Joseph and how the children of Israel got into Egypt in the first place. We know that God prophesied to Abraham that his descendants would be in Egypt, that they would be persecuted for 400 years and that he would bring them out. And sometimes in your life, you don't know what's been prophesied over your life. Sometimes we think our life is just meaningless. Sometimes we think the things that we're going through just makes no sense. But this man's life right here, the things that he went through, it was the only way that God could get him where he needed him to be at. Do you hear me? And sometimes the things that you find yourself going through that bother you, that hurt your heart, that break you is the only way he can get you to uh, the place where he has intended for you and I to be in. And I'm telling you, man, it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel good. Do you know that? We look at the closing out of the life of Joseph. It says here in chapter 45, then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried and caused every man to go out from him. There stood no Egyptian with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brothers. 
And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard. Joseph is second in command over Egypt. And Joseph's in there having a breakdown. And you imagine the soldiers are like, should we go in? What are we going to do? Because it was, he was broken. You're going to get to a place in your life where you just feel like giving up. That it's over. And Joseph said unto his brother, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? They, you got to go back to the previous chapters when they said our one brother is dead and his little brother lives. And now they're standing before Joseph. You can't, you can't get a better theme than this. And his brethren could not answer him. They couldn't say nothing. You know how Egyptians, boy, they, they, they wore more makeup, man, than anybody in the world. We don't know what type of mask he was wearing. We don't know what Joseph was. They didn't recognize their brother. Slept in the same bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Took baths together. They didn't know that dude. Had no clue who he was. For they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brothers, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. And your life sometimes will seem meaningless. Sometimes it's like God ain't in my life. And all of a sudden your life will come full circle and everything that you have been through. Everything that was in your mind that you doubted. How you said, man, I'm, I'm, what is this life? Verse five, now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. And yet there are five more years in which there shall be neither earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. What kind of game is that? You know, Jesus is talking about who is my mother, who's my father, who's my brother's. And he tells us right here, he says, those that do the will of my father. And you'll hear a lot of believers in this world tell you that, yes, I believe God. But actions speak louder than words. They sold him into slavery. Do you hear what I'm saying? They sold this man. They violated their brother. They never saw his face again. And standing before them is Joseph, their brother, and he has the power now. He ain't got a little bit of power. He has an army. Remember how Jacob, we talked about Jacob when the Lord told him to go back home. Esau came with 400 men on horses, armed. Well, his brothers are standing before a mighty army. God will turn things around in our life. 
I don't care what you're going through. If you can just hold on. Joseph, I don't know how he held on. I don't know what jail was like back then. We got rules and regulations, basically. I think, I don't know. We got some, some type of, I don't know, code of conduct or ethic that's supposed to happen. But in these jails back here, I don't know what it was. No, we, don't, we don't have any uh, information on it, okay? We just know your behind was locked up. We, uh, we look at the story a little bit earlier. We don't know where your, your name may get called out the hat and you might just die that week. You know, we know the butler. Remember the butler and the waiter? One was restored, one died. We don't know what happened in jail. All we know that wherever Joseph went, the Lord had prospered him. It takes time for the word of God to do its work in our life because we will be violated sometimes. Yes, we will. Your family sometimes will be violated. And then the only thing in your mind is revenge. That's the only thing on your mind. And vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So when we start talking about here, what is the will of the father? He starts to say, who is my mother and my brothers? It's only those that can do the will of my father. So you and I have to search the scriptures. I was talking to somebody because people come to me and say, yeah, I know God. When I start to ask you questions about God, I want to know what's inside of your heart. Ask you questions. Hey, man, such and such happened. I should hear the correct response. If one plus one equals two, then whatever situation that you find yourself in, you should have some scriptures to back up <laughs> the number two. But if there's no scriptures, but I believe in God. I'm like, OK, let's go to Matthew chapter seven. Matthew chapter 7. This sometimes is how far people will get. Matthew chapter 7, same thing, verse 21. Everybody make it? It says, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name, done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity or sin is ruling your life. That's a tough place. Joseph had a decision to make. Don't think that he didn't have a decision to make. Sometimes we see him crying. Everything that he went through came full circle. Everything that you have went through, all the hurt, all the pain, all the disappointments is standing before you. The cause of the problem is right there. Oh, yes, it is. And you have a decision to make. Choose ye this day whom you'll serve. Daniel had choices to make during Sunday school. That's what Sister Corinthia was teaching us. He had choices to make. When the decree came out, he had a choice to make. 
Will he do the will? Will he be a mother, a brother, or a sister, or a father? Who will he be? And that same decision will always happen in your life and in my life. Who will I be? Will I do the will of God? And it's not just believing. It's not just saying, hey, well, Jesus died for my... It's more than that. Because nobody's violated some of you yet. Nobody has dogged you out yet. Nobody's broken your heart yet. Nobody has sold you into slavery and ruin your whole life. Nobody's done that. And Joseph has a choice here. And he is broken. We thought he was broken when he was at Potiphar's house. Remember that? We thought he was broken when he, they put him in the pit. And then they sold him. In the, we thought he was broken then. We thought he was broken when they put him in jail. And then the brother forgot to mention him to the king. Like, hey man, I know this brother down there that's in jail for no apparent reason. Thought he was broken then. No, he was broken when all of a sudden God lifts him up out of that position. I don't know if he was thinking about or knew where his family was at. I don't know. But two years went by. Time means nothing to God. All he's doing in the background, y'all, is working it out for you and me. There's a scripture that says that all things... If you belong to him and you believe and you do his will, you just stay on his will, that all of a sudden it'll work out for your good. No matter what happened to Joseph, no matter, I don't, I don't know how violent, we hear some horror stories from people that have been incarcerated. And this man right here endured it and God prepared a table in the presence of his enemies, real enemies that look just like you, have the same last name as you, can't stand you. He prepared that type of table. And there's people that run around here and claim to know who he is. And we, sitting in this room, have to be very careful about what we claim, but our actions don't speak like our words. He has a choice here to make. Let's go to James chapter 1. Paul talks about this. James talks about this. They had an opportunity to hang out with God. They had an opportunity to talk with Jesus. They had an opportunity to talk with the Mashiach. We talked about Peter, how Peter changed after being in his presence. Remember I talked about last week, the whole time Peter was rolling with Jesus, he had a gun. He wasn't at a place of trusting. And sometimes us in this room, we're not at a place of doing God's will. We just can't see that being the way. We talked about leaning not to our own understanding. Joseph God got him to a place where he was testifying to his brothers. You were not the one that sold me into slavery. It took years for the Holy Spirit to work on my unforgiveness. 
I got to a place where I forgave, but then I, you know, the next line was, I, I didn't forget. But he took all of that. He took the forgiveness and I didn't forget away. And he said, God did it. God did it. And we're sitting here today blaming somebody else for the situation that we find ourselves in when God did it. What's he doing in my life? What's he doing in your life? I don't know. Daniel found himself in a lion's den. God did it. God put him there. No one can do nothing to you and I unless God permits it. He rules in the kingdom of men. Would Daniel fold up under the pressure? The testimony was the king. Daniel, do the God you serve consistently deliver you? Do we serve him consistently? That's the problem that I have with myself. That's the problem that you'll find with yourself. It's a personal relationship with him. So we look at James here. It says in verse 19. Matter of fact, let me go to 18. Okay, I, I just like it. This is my brother Thomas's favorite book. In 18 it says, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. Do you see that? It was God's will to decide that you and I become believers. And he opened up our minds so that we could understand the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures or of mankind. Opened up our mind to understand who Jesus is. Then it says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be what? Swift to hear, slow to speak. Slow to wrath. It's like he starts to explain God's will. It's not just believing. But when we go back and we begin to look through the scriptures, even the book of Moses, Paul says, if it wasn't for the book of Moses, I wouldn't even know what sin is. And he starts to talk to you and I about what is right and what is wrong. And the scriptures will always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. If you don't know where to step and you are angry and you are upset with somebody else, go read the life of Joseph. They ain't do you like that. No, it can get worse. It says, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. So he's trying to tell you and I, Jesus comes on the scene and he brings out God and says, hey, I tell you to love your enemies. Joseph, it didn't say that he was going to church. Something was going on. I don't know what was happening in his life, but we can see here in Genesis 45 who his enemies are and they're standing before him, but he loves them. He loves them so much that he removes them from the equation and says, you didn't do it. God did it. It was the will of the father to bruise Jesus. If it never would have happened, y'all, like he told Peter, put up your gun, Peter, put your sword away. Don't you understand the scriptures and what my father's will is, he has a will for you and I. He's the one that caused us to understand who he is. 
and you find yourself in this situation and you find yourself struggling in this situation. But God is the one that puts you in it and God is the one that's going to bring you out of it. He brought Joseph up out of it. He'll bring you and I up out of this situation that we find ourselves in. Wherever you find yourself at, he is the answer. And if we study his word, listen to this. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Read it. He told Joshua, eat it. Lest two can agree, they can't walk together. Like I told you, he lays out the agreement before you and I. It's up to us to eat it, to read it, to walk it out. When he tells us that, hey, vengeance is mine. How many in this room didn't want to seek vengeance on one thing or another? Yes, you will. It's a natural reaction when somebody violates you. His brothers just knew they were dead that moment when he revealed himself. They kept their mouths shut. It says in verse 22, be doers of the word. The will of the father is revealed in the scriptures. Wherever you find yourself at today, whatever you want to see changed for your life, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. He said, hey, you men search the scriptures because you think in the scriptures you have eternal life. They memorize the scriptures. They quote the scriptures. He says, it ain't about that. He says, when my Holy Spirit comes into your heart and you begin to, that word begins to be engrafted, written upon your heart. So that when trouble comes and situations come in your life and you're violated, all of a sudden you start stepping in the direction. Joseph stepped towards forgiveness. He could have stepped towards another way. He, it was life and death was in him. It was given to him. He had a choice to make. And he chose to do it God's will. Be doers of the word and not just hearers only. His brothers, before they sold him into slavery, made a choice to kill a whole town because they had violated their sister. Jacob told his sons, you cause me to stink. You ever go past a place that's stinking? You know when you're riding past the, the, uh, the landfill <laughs> because you're like, oh, Lord. You know when you're riding by the water that's being treated because you're like, oh, goodness, that's true. You know when Pilgrims is really cooking because it's like, oh, Lord, mercy. He said, you call, he said, that's what it's like when we make bad choices. When we hear the word, but I make a decision not to do what the word says. He says, Mark, you caused me to stink. Everybody can smell it. And we have to be very careful of that. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself. He looks in there. He looks at what he looks like. 
and goes his way and straightway or immediately forget what manner of man he was. All of a sudden, something is happening in his mind to where all he, he's not getting it. There's no connection. He'll hear it, but he never connects with doing it. He looks into the mirror. The word of God is like a mirror to you and I. We read it and it begins to reveal to us in our heart what is wrong. It reveals when I read it and he says, hey, thou shalt not. And you and I are doing that. And then we get up from the book and we just continue to keep doing it. He's like, hey, you can't just be a hearer of the word. You and I have to walk it out. We have to do his will. It's written. This is what his will is. Honor your father and mother. You just can't on their birthday come up with a present and say, here you go, and everybody's happy. That's not how it works. That's not how none of that works. You just playing games. To honor your father and mother is in their presence and out of their presence. Parents will tell you to sit your behind down somewhere, but you keep running off with the mouth. There has to be some consequences. His brothers was, they knew there should have been consequences and repercussions. <laughs> Part two of my killing spree. <laughs> Y'all remember life? Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Part two of my killing spree about to get in the day. They had me rolling in life. A lot of great actors in life. But you can't tell me if you weren't Joseph at this time and everything you've been through and these jokers is looking at you and you got that much power? He said, I, I'm a father to Pharaoh. He said that I am like a father, like Pharaoh on the side will come to him and say, Joseph, where should I step in this situation? And Joseph is advising Pharaoh, the ruler of the land, don't step that way. He is teaching him scripture. What's in his heart? What has been taught to him? By God. God was teaching Joseph. And God is trying to teach you and I today. Who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? But him or her that does the will of my father. And the father laid out what his will is for every situation in our life. A man can't lay with another man like with a woman. And likewise, a woman can't lay with another woman. Moses gave you divorce, but from the beginning was something that was never meant to be. So those of us who choose to be children of the Most High, we don't have quit in our heart. Do you hear me? It says be angry, but don't you sin. Do you hear me? It says, but whosoever looks into the perfect law or whoever looks into the perfect book of Moses, the perfect law of liberty, somehow it's freedom. And continues, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. When you hear it, and you got to grit your teeth like Joseph and walk it out. You're like, you think you crying because he missed his brothers. He is like wrestling within himself. What's he going to do? Jesus on the cross. Let's turn to Isaiah 53. 
Isaiah 53. Beautiful chapter. The father always prophesies. He prophesies what's going to happen. And he says that if any man calls himself a prophet... Any woman calls themselves a prophet and they prophesy and it doesn't come to pass. He said, I didn't send them. They don't belong to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Isaiah 53. Sometimes I want to read the whole thing. When you look at Isaiah 53, it says, who has believed our report? Who's, who's believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For the Lord's arm is not short that it cannot save, nor is ear too heavy that it cannot hear. But our sins have separated us from our God. That's Isaiah 59. Verse 2, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That wasn't Joseph. Remember, Joseph looked good, the young lady said. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we have hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. And we can keep on reading this one. But the place I want to get to is verse 10. Now think of Joseph and everything that he's been through. And it says here, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. We're talking about Jesus here. We're talking about how the Father, it pleased him to bruise him. It pleased him. Everything that happened to Jesus Listen, it was the Father's will. And everything that has happened in your life and in my life is the Father's will. Even the very sin we see in our body that sometimes tries to rule us. But the Lord can bring us out. Do you hear me? The word of God. The word of God. That's what James is trying to tell you and I. You know, we want to find a way out. We got to reprogram this thing called our mind to where we know where to step at because we got some bad programming in our mind. We're born in a sin and shaped in iniquity. It's something has happened in your life and in my life where sin has been transferred to me. Somebody else's sin. We can go all the way back to who? Adam. His sin was transferred to who? Everybody. Now we're dealing with the decision that he has made. And you and I sometimes are dealing with the decisions that somebody made long before we came out of our mother's womb. But when he teaches us Genesis 4 and 26, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You and I read that. But if you're going to be a doer of that, then you begin to pray. 
We look at Daniel who prayed, what, three times a day. And regardless of the decree, Daniel wouldn't bow his knee to that decree. He says, I, you know, that scripture, I am the Lord thy God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the yoke of bondage. You'll have no other God but me. Daniel consistently did that, and yet he's continued to practice Genesis 4 and 26. He continued to call upon the name of the Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when he was put in that lion's den, he was saved. The scripture, he listen, it won't change. He said, you'll find me when you search for me with your whole heart. That means that we search the scriptures because we believe that that's him. We search the scriptures and we say, Father, the answer is in the scripture. He reveals his will to you and I. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. How many want to be transformed? How many want that change? How many want to see a difference? Romans chapter 12, Paul is reciting another scripture over in the book of Psalms. And I'll take you over there so you can see it. Because when you and I are believers, we, there's an action that follows where we are doing the will of our Father. It says that even if we were a thief, it says, let him that what stole steal no more, but let him labor with his hands. Now you're working. Now your hands are being used to be a blessing instead of a curse in your own life. Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's our reasonable. So this is God's will. Joseph, think about it. He said, God took me this way so that I could be a blessing not only to my family, but to everybody else. And be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what happens. Be ye transformed. When he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, the Passover happened in their life. They were baptized into Moses or they went to the Red Sea. He brought them to the mountain. The Holy Spirit's job is to teach you and I what these scriptures mean so that we can apply them to our life so that there'll be a transformation in our thought process because we got some stinking thinking or something happened on the way out the womb where sin was transferred to us and now we got to deal with these thoughts that run through our mind. Peter, the whole time had a sword. Walking with God had no intentions. He said, you know what? I know he's up here healing everybody. But if somebody roll up on me, I'm telling you, they done. They done. That's how we think. Yeah, I'm in church, but man, I'm sitting with this nine in my pocket. And let him come up in here. I'm telling you right now, I ain't praying for nobody. I ain't dropping on no knees. I'm letting this thing fly. Lord, let them bullets fly straight. It's going through our mind the whole time. Do you hear me? It's in our mind. It's, it's, it's who we are. We're, we hear the word. But yet, I'm, I'm still loaded. It ain't happening on my watch. We, it's, we're not even wrestling. I hear the word. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to love my ass. The whole time, Johnny's got a gun. And Johnny has determined in his mind, it ain't going to happen on my watch. Let's go to Psalms. 
119. He said it ain't happening on my way. <laughs> I wrestle with that too. It ain't happening on my way. I'm going to let you know that right now. It ain't going out like that. I'm just telling you what's going on inside of me. All right? Now, I don't know what Maybe you're like, it ain't happening on my way. It ain't happening on my way. I don't know if I'm going to get to that place where somebody's going to come up. There ain't no Dylan Roof running up in here. You hear what I'm saying? And we just sit here talking, hey, Dylan. Let me spot you this tent so you can get that Burger King with his done. No, it ain't happening. As we say, I ain't that safe. <laughs> All right. That's, I'll, I'll translate that for you, you know, if you need me to. <laughs> y'all can text and whatnot. Those of y'all that are listening to this on the podcast, I will translate it for you. But it ain't happening on my watch. <laughs> Everybody want to talk about it. Talk got real. Peter got real real. Everybody was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Peter came with the ledge. You hear me? Yes, he did. Jesus healing people after Peter done shot him. <laughs> you shooting people dead. Jesus like, go over and heal the person. Get up, son. Hey, you stop shooting, folks. Don't you know what my father's will is? You're going to have friends that want to fight for you. Say, hey, man, I'm not about that life. I ain't fighting. That's a hard place to be, at, especially we got them easy wins, you know? <laughs> You got them Karens running at you like, this is an easy one. This Karen in my face is easy. And you just move around. You move around. Psalms 119 is powerful because it starts with Aleph and it ends with Tau. It's the Hebrew alphabet. And in here, this man begins to expound on Romans chapter 12. All right? He just begins to expound on it. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in what? The book of Moses. I know it says law, but they call it law like they want to try to, like, you know, to them, it's Torah, teaching and instruction. It's the law. This is how things work. It's gravity. That's you when I say, it's, hey, bro, it's gravity. Jordan can fly. No, he can't, bro. There's a thing called gravity. <gasps> no, he, t- well, he can take off. He landed. It's gravity. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. All we are is in the book of James, be a doer, that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. What do you mean they do no iniquity? That means that the Father is always looking at our heart. And the decision that we have made to seek his face, and he continually washes us. Thou hast commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Diligent, be diligent. He's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then shall I not be what? Ashamed. When I have respect unto all thy commandments, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned your righteous judgment. When I have learned your judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Romans chapter 12. By taking heed according to thy word. Taking heed or doing your word with my whole heart. Have I sought you? Oh, let not my wandering. Let me, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. He just, he, listen, he goes all the way to town and he begins to reveal that the answer is in the scripture. And we're like, what do you mean? It's in there. And James is saying, you better read it and you better do it. You better walk it out. We talk about it all the time how we, you better walk this thing out. In communities, that's all, my word is my bond. You better walk this thing out. You say it, what? You better do it, right? God says it and God will do it. He did it in Daniel's life. He'll do it in your life and he'll do it in my life. Yes, he will. 
There's no magic to this thing. He talks about, he said, I was telling you last week, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. It ain't all about what y'all do down here. That's not how things work. It doesn't work in his kingdom and it doesn't work in this kingdom. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That means that you believe it and you begin to apply it to your life and you begin to do it like a farmer. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time will not change. So whatever it is that you and I believe, we begin to do. We begin to break the ground up and begin to plant the word inside of our heart and we expect the harvest. Do you hear me? We just expect it. And it's hard. It, ain't, it wasn't easy for Joseph, everything that he went through. Was it easy everything that happened? Does it explain to us all the dark nights, the lonely nights, the cold and all that stuff to be lied on? All he said was that it was the father, just like in Isaiah 53, that was pleased to bruise me. To take me through this season of, I don't know, to have this thing in my life to where I'm crying out to him every single day day. Father, please change my situation. Change. Remove this thing from me. Paul said he sought the Lord three times about whatever was going on in his life. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. That always, never rem always remember that it's by grace are we saved through faith. But we search the word diligently every day to see his face to find out what his will is for us in every situation we find ourselves. I don't care where you're at today. Sometimes you're sitting up at night and you're asking God questions like, Lord, why did this happen? Why did this have to happen? It's in his word. He'll tell you, baby, son, it pleased me to take you that route because I got a season for you where people are going to be depending on you and I can't have you jacked up. Well, couldn't you just... Read it to me? No, I need you to go through this to experience it. And you and I are experiencing things in our life just like Joseph that we don't want. I don't want it. It bothers my heart. It stresses me out. And I'm experiencing this is my life and you got your life. And that be a doer of the word challenges me. Do you hear me? It should challenge you. Because are we really doing it? It's his will. If you want to know what his will is, he revealed it to us in scripture. And said, this is how it's done. Look at Joseph. Joseph did it the way that I wanted it done. And I blessed him. And I blessed everybody around him. We are so selfish sometimes. All we're worried about is ourself and our own self-gratification. Regardless of the cost of somebody else's life. We don't love our family. We don't love our brother. We don't love our neighbor. We're just concerned. We're so selfish about ourselves. But I've got today, I've got to think about the consequences of my actions and how it affects the world that I live in. The world that I live in. When they said, they talked so highly of Daniel's God, I believe that it's set up the return of Israel to their land. Those kings said, these people, we got these people enslaved, and these, these people, they serve the real God. God will turn things around in our life, y'all, if we trust him enough to do what he says. And I know it's hard because I struggle too. 
And it bothers me in my heart. If you're my friend and I'm not being a friendly friend, I'm not there for you, it bothers me in my heart. When you pull me on my coattail and say, hey, bro, where was you at? Man, my bad, man. What can I say? What can I say to you? Because you know the word and I know the word and I just don't want to live up to it. That hurts you as a person when you think that I'm your brother and I don't treat you like a brother. He said, who is my brother? Who is my mother? Who is my sister but he or she that does the will of my father? And the father has laid out what his will is. And you and I refuse to do it because we're so selfish and self-centered and we really don't love our neighbor. We just want our own life. We're not concerned about nobody else. Joseph could have said, well, man, y'all on your own. I got mine. But the king was worried about everybody. Joseph took care of everybody. That means that he loved them whether they liked him or not. Whether they liked him or not, Joseph said, hey, look, God put me in this position to be a blessing to every those that like me and don't like me. Jesus is put in a position for each and every one of us in this room that like him and don't like him. Whether you believe or not, he's still going to be who he is. And if you claim that you know him, then take the word and walk out what he says. Those people followed him because he fed them. But they didn't follow him because they loved him. He turned to his disciples, the ones he put his hand down and said, these are my mother, my brothers and my sisters. But he asked them too. He said, Where are you going to leave too? You know what they said? We got no place else to go. Because we realize that you're the one that holds the key to everybody's life. I know who you are. And that's why we search the scriptures so that we know who he is and we put our trust in him. Trust is something that is given. Honor is something that we do. Love is an action word. Integrity, whether people are around or not, we do what is required of us. And God says, I will bless you. All right? Anybody else got anything in their heart this morning? Anything in their heart? What's going on in your heart? Because that's what he looks at. A broken and contrite spirit. Created me, David said, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Then I'll teach transgressors your way. Then sinners shall be converted unto thee when I begin to do what you have asked me to do. In our family as men, he has asked us to do certain things. And as men, just because you're a man doesn't mean that you keep running off with your mouth. We teach young men to submit themselves and humble themselves and they see it through you and I. We humble ourselves. As men, we have to take the scriptures seriously because if we don't, it's to the third and fourth generation, children that you'll never see. But your sins will run up on them. You hear me? But God will forgive us our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it stops the third and fourth generation, but his grace is to the thousandth generation because of the decision that you and I have made. And yes, as men, we wrestle with things. We have to search the word and find out what to do and what not to do. And then we have to walk it out. We can't be like the man that looks at the word and turns around and doesn't do it. We got to walk it out, y'all. Amen.